Cultural Heritage 2.0. In the digital humanities, tools are an important factor to work with data. So what kind of tools are there? Could you maybe give an overview of what kind of tools researchers work with in the digital humanities? I think that's hard to give an overview. I think that the key thing to remember about digital humanities is that the tools and methods used will vary greatly depending on the specific project and the data being analyzed. So the field is incredibly interdisciplinary and encompasses many different disciplines with the humanities. And each of them has their own unique research questions and data sets. So For example, a project focused on analyzing literary texts may use text mining tools, while a project focused on mapping historical events may use digital mapping tools and so on. Linguists will use corpus tools or NLP tools and stuff like this, you know. And often they maybe overlap. So, for example, digital mapping tools are relevant in many disciplines to visualize um, or contextualize data and space. So it's important to understand that digital humanities is not a specific discipline. I think it's not a specific discipline, but rather a set of methods and approaches or kind of a mindset that can be applied across the humanities. So think of it as an interface between a digital world and the humanities. So it's about finding ways to use digital technologies to enhance and expand or uh, our understanding of the questions raised by the disciplines of the humanities. And in summary, tools and methods used in the digital humanities are highly dependent on the specific context or research questions at hand. So I'm not really sure how to, to say which tools you should use or learn in this regard. But where, where can I find information on tools? Let's say I have a specific problem I want to work on and I'm very new to the area. Mm -hmm. How do I find myself around these tools? So there's not a real exhaustive list of digital humanities tools. In Austria, I would always start with checking the website of the ACDH stage because there are many projects they already have given answers to some of your questions maybe. So you can look what, what they use and, and their, their email addresses to experts they normally will answer you or consult you with at least some tools they use. Um, and on the internet, you should find a lot of projects that have some kind of similarities to your project. So um, you will find a lot of tools by simply Googling it. You will find many resources in the web, many Git or other repositories, which will help you find you, the tools for your specific needs. And it's it's a fact that there will be always new tools developed in the humanities because that's part of the whole the humanity process, uh, find new tools. So the best start is to, to search the web for it. Ask the community... One kind or one one aspect of the digital humanities is that it's digital first. So many of the researchers in the field of digital humanities will be available on the web. So they develop open source. So this some kind of principle of it. So you will find it. And uh, in summary, yeah, the web and the community will be the best way to go if you work. And of course, universities research on universities or courses on universities, which provide sometimes trainings in specific fields and areas, yeah. In your PhD, how did you start? Did you know which tools you wanted to use or was it something, was it a process working yourself through and finding things? Mm -hmm. how, how did that work for you? On, on the one hand, I was always interested in finding digital ways um, to approach my research questions. On the other hand, I had to do this in my PhD project. So 
Um, basically, I started. So I started first in, in my, my first project at the University of Vienna was syntax of Hessian dialects. So this maybe sounds funny because it's Hessian dialects and we're in Vienna. But again, I was responsible for the digital aspects. So for kind of every digital aspect of the project in accordance with the project team and so on. And there I started to learn about databases. Like I, I did databases before just because I'm kind of a nerd. And so I had some feeling for databases, data models, data structures. And I started by looking at the data. So the specific questions they had, like they had questionnaires and I searched for a model to depict this in a database. So this is the, the whole part of data modeling. And I, I really think that data modeling is the first thing you should learn as, as a digital humanity person, I know, researcher. Um, and then I, I went on and asked, okay, what kind of tools I want to develop with this and what kind of tools I need to, to, to analyze my data. And then you will find it. So like in my PhD project, I started with, like I, I needed a transcription tool. I, I've already learned a lot of transcription tools because um, linguistics, they, you need them. There was Exmeralda or, or Prat or something. And then I needed to analyze my corpus. I started by analyzing it with exec, which is a tool of the Exmeralda transcription package. And then I went on and made my own digital web-based database. So, but I was only able to do this because I had the project before. While doing this project, I've learned to use regular expressions. It's kind of basic NLP to, to use regular expressions. Yeah, and I needed these and I integrated this on my online database. And then I needed to analyze the data statistically. So I needed to learn a tool and I don't want to pay money for SPSS. So I learned R and I used my peer to give me information about R and used the web tutorial. So really it is kind of an explorative approach sometimes. I really think that the most important thing is to learn the basics, to learn how the data works, the basics for data science and the specific, now it's a data research, data science is an, is an term now exists. I, this like digi-humanities didn't really exist when I started this project. So. I think that's that's the most important part. And if you really want to to go into the digital humanities, there are tools for your specific department or the specific discipline you will already know because that's thing you start with. Like if you make stuff with maps, you will know QGIS, you will know ArcGIS. If you do a lot of statistics, you know R or at least some kind of statistic analysis program. You maybe if you make more social science stuff you will know something about tableau or draw io to visualize data and everyone should know about a similar tool like excel because it's the basic for many many tools to have some kind of knowledge about data tables so yeah and this is the way to go i guess so search for a project you really want to do and then go along with the project now, maybe one more question, because you mentioned uh, always being a nerd and starting as a nerd. Now, you have lots of colleagues in the digital humanities. Would you say that that it's a prerequisite to be quite a techie kind of person? Or or do you also have colleagues who who, who didn't start from there, but still moved into that area and, and love being in that area? Are all digital humanists nerds? <laughs> <laughs> so I think... <laughs> Kind of every researcher is some kind of nerd, but not always a techie. So it's not a necessity to be a techie, but it helps sometimes, uh, of course. 
On the other hand, there are a lot of colleagues who started with the humanities part of the digital humanities. And that's really good because, again, I think it's more if you go into the digital humanities, you have to be an interface, like a human interface between the digital world and the, and the humanities. So you have to, to kind of speak both languages. But it doesn't matter which is your first language, so to say. So maybe you have a focus on the humanities part. Maybe you have a focus on the techie part. Maybe you can speak both because you are bilingual in this sense. And I think that's that's really a good metaphor to, to describe the humanity approaches. You will automatically learn some kind of, again, data structures, because it's really, really, really important to learn about data structure, that there's a difference between different data types like dates and strings and numeric values and stuff, because it's really, really the basic for all the kind of computational thinking or the data processing. The computational thinking is the other part where you can easily learn something, because computational thinking has the same I don't know, prerequisites like researching, like to get the problem, to separate the problem in smaller parts, to see the relations between different entities and stuff. So this is basics of every, I think every research approach is it's kind of similar to the digital or computational thinking. So you can learn this if you are a nerd in the, <laughs> in the, in the research part or in the humanities part. I think that's not a problem. And then I would suggest learning the principles of programming and maybe even learning to script at least a little bit so you you have a better understanding on how the digital world works to use online sources where there are only code and you don't know where to start so if you please can read scripts you don't have to write them it really helps programming skills or techie skills are not mandatory in the field of digital humanities especially at the start but they can be very helpful in understanding and using the various tools and methods in the field. And it's helpful to learn the basics and principles of programming, to learn script a little bit at least, to understand the sources and where they are coming from. And even how long stuff takes to implement. This is really a big factor in, in all the discussions because a researcher, like a traditional researcher, don't know how long it takes to implement a simple button. Maybe this is really a short thing, but... The researcher sees a button and says, wow, great, a button. <laughs> but the whole code behind the button, like, I don't know, not only to press it, but to have a script, which, I don't know, gives you kind of a summary of specific words. I don't know, something like this. This takes much longer, but you can't see it. So in projects, this often leads to some kind of different expectation on how long stuff takes. And again, there's the humanity person translating yeah you know this is really hard to do this is really easy so we have to meet in between and on the other side the techies don't understand what the researchers need really so they they think why do they need a button here why and maybe you can explain it because the the user interface is designed for specific research purposes and nobody knows the research purposes better than the researchers i guess so, yeah, that was a really long answer to your short question. But So it helps, but it is not really mandatory, so to say. Thank you very much, Ludwig. I think you gave us a great insight on how to move forward, how to learn the tools, how to find what you need, and always start with the research data, basically. Thank you very much. Thank you. Culture2.0.eu 